Hey, Whitney the producer here. What you're about to listen to is a skill demo videoed and produced for our Equip website. We've cut it and posted it to our podcast, but if you'd like to see my coworker's delightful face or access the resources, head over to equip.archomaha.org. Enjoy! Hi, I'm Jim Jansen. I'm the Director of Pastoral Services here for the Archdiocese of Omaha, and I'm here to help you remove obstacles to mission. Today, I'm going to teach you about the weekly review. That's a time where you can gather all of your thoughts and processes to review the past week and to get ready for the next one. If we're honest, sometimes the greatest obstacle to our living mission is us. It's our own discombobulated schedules and frantic pace of life that keeps us from really being present to the moment. That limits our effectiveness, and it also limits our ability to be present to the Lord, who's present to us in the moment. So what I'm going to be teaching you today is basic organizational and productivity principles from books like Getting Things Done by David Allen and some of the classic wisdom of the saints for maintaining peace in the midst of our daily lives. Okay, five steps for your weekly review. Step number one, tidy up. This is where you gather all of the loose paper and to-dos and tasks. It's where you clean out your inbox and you just get everything together, sorted out, ready to plan your work for the following week. You might spend about 15 minutes doing this. Now, here's why tidying up is so valuable. Our Lord has made our minds as fantastic thinking machines but they're not that great at being remembering machines. So what you want to do is you want to use your mind for thinking, not holding all of the to-dos and information and tasks in your head. Use lists, context-specific lists, which I'll talk more about later. Use those things as an external hard drive, if you will, to keep track of all those things that you know need to be done, but that you don't need swimming around in your head. When you do this, it allows you to be present to the moment and to use your mind for being, uh, well, for thinking and for listening to the Lord and the people and the projects that you have at hand. Step number two, connect with your mission. So this is where you connect with your quarterly goals, with a, a life purpose statement, if you have that. Um, this is where you review your roles, like for me. I'm a husband and a father, I'm a missionary at heart, and I'm a coach on the parish support team. That's where I kind of review those roles, that mission, the sense of purpose in my life, and use that as a context and a guide for all the planning that comes afterwards. You're probably gonna spend about 10 minutes doing this. So this is where you really focus on what uh, John Henry Newman called that definite work that the Lord has made me to do. Now, we may not know what that is specifically, but we usually have a good idea of the jobs and the tasks and the mission in front of us. For those of you who've experienced the frustration of setting a goal and then never coming back to it and never attending it and consequently never achieving it, this is the solution. When you have a discipline where even just for a few minutes you come back to the goals that you set in a time of peace and tranquility and re-examine those, you're far more likely to achieve them or to adjust them for what actually makes sense now. Step number three, review the calendar. 
this is where you're going to look back at the previous week, at the projects you worked on, the appointments you had, and you're going to capture any of the to-dos or insights that you didn't quite get in the moment, and you're going to look ahead to the coming week. You might spend about 15 minutes doing this. I highly recommend, even just for a few minutes, to just review each of the appointments that you had and just take a moment with the Lord to reflect on how you left that conversation. Oftentimes, there are one or two things that you want to revisit the following week, either because you set a goal and there's something that you want to follow up with this person, or because there's something that now, after some time and space you've reflected on, and you realize there's a follow-up question or an action that you want to attend to. This is a great way to make sure that you haven't missed any to-dos or actions in a meeting or an appointment, and it's a great way to make sure that you're actually getting ready to take the next step in the projects that you have in hand. This is also the time where you begin to preview the coming week, and as you look, you start to recognize that maybe you don't have enough space to be human in between your appointments, or maybe you don't have the time set aside to prepare. This allows you to get that space into your calendar and to make adjustments if you've got yourself double booked or you don't have enough space in between uh, one item and another. Step number four, review your projects. This is where you take the projects that you're working on and you translate them into very concrete and specific next actions. Now you're probably gonna spend about 15 minutes doing this. So what do I mean by translating your projects into next actions? Well, what that means is you take a task like get car insurance and you break it down to a very specific next action like research quotes or call back to confirm. You, you break it down into something very specific and actionable so that you can make incremental progress in your projects. I also mentioned earlier the importance of keeping context-specific task lists. What I mean by that is there are certain projects or actions that can only be done in specific context. It's really not helpful to have a huge long project list when half of the things can only be done in certain contexts. So one context might be a particular meeting. So you may want to keep for a particular team meeting a list of all the topics for discussion and to-dos that need to happen in that team meeting because you really can't act on those to-do lists until you're in that context. Same if there's a particular person, uh, a key individual that you need to connect with, or a project that requires specific tools or even just space for thinking. So when you keep these context-specific task lists, what it does is it allows you to take the things that are swimming in your mind and put them in a place where you know you will be able to access them when you find yourself in that context whether that context be space for thinking or in the presence of specific individuals. Step number five, connect with people. This is where you begin to set the appointments with those key individuals that you need to connect with. It's where you set aside time for your most important projects. You're probably gonna be spending about 20 minutes doing this, depending on the number of people you're trying to connect with and how hard they are to catch. This is where delegation comes in. Now we could do a whole skills demo on delegation, but as you connect with people, you always wanna make sure that you do three things. Number one, you wanna give them a vision for what you're trying to accomplish together or what you're empowering them to do. You wanna talk about some key first steps to get started. 
and then you want to set a time to connect again. Now that may be a regular time if it's a regularly scheduled meeting, or it may be a special time or mode email. You just want to make sure that you have a plan to connect as you get time with people and as you delegate particular projects and tasks to them. All right, let me give you some tips and tricks for how to really get started with this and do it well. First is you have to maintain integrity in the moment of choice. St. Ignatius says that in a time of desolation, we're never to make a change. Now, admittedly, he's talking about spiritual resolutions, but there is some application to the resolutions and the plans that we make around our daily lives. If you've made a plan to connect with a certain individual or set aside time to work on a really important project, and as you approach that time, if you find yourself distracted and overwhelmed and totally discouraged, and you're tempted to get rid of that time, don't do it. Keep it. Maintain integrity to the planning and the scheduling you did in, God willing, a moment of peace during your weekly review. You're also really going to need to protect the time for your weekly review. It's going to be hotly contested. It's important time. What I recommend is blocking out time on your calendar that says weekly review. Now, it's important to be flexible, but let's be honest. Real flexibility means that you reschedule what you intended to do if you need to make a change as something else comes up. It's not really flexibility if you just ditch it. Here's some important first steps to get started. Or if you find yourself in a circumstance where you have a limited time to do your weekly review and you're crunched and you need to abbreviate it, I recommend doing two things. One, reviewing your projects, because oftentimes your goals are already implicitly built into your projects. And two, connecting with people. There's nothing like finding yourself scrambling midweek, knowing that you have to connect with someone and now struggling to get time with them because you didn't plan ahead. Now, I don't recommend going too long without connecting to your goals or tidying up. Uh, eventually, if you don't connect with your mission and your goals, you can find yourself working very hard and very efficiently on the wrong things. So make sure that you don't go too many weeks without reconnecting with your mission and without tidying up a little bit. All told, a weekly review should take about an hour and a half. And I'll explain more about why later, but I recommend scheduling it for a Thursday, a Friday, or maybe even a Saturday. I usually schedule mine for a Friday, and if for some reason I can't because I'm off or something happens to interfere, it's important enough to my peace over the weekend that I actually make it happen early morning on Saturday so I can be at peace on Sunday and so I can hit the ground running on Monday. So why do you need an hour and a half? Well, sometimes the particular tasks and steps do take that much time, but often as you begin to go through your weekly review, you'll notice all these tasks popping up, and some of them are gonna be very quick tasks. If a task takes less than two minutes to do, just do it and be done with it. There's no need to spend 30 seconds or 60 seconds retyping or rewriting a task that you could actually have done in two minutes time. But be careful, don't let your weekly review turn into a massive batch of going through tasks and getting them done. If you find a large group of tasks, even ones that are gonna be very quick, need to be done, schedule some time, do them in a large batch, and stay true to your weekly review. Finally, be willing to fight through the distraction. You're gonna find the weekly review to be a hotly contested time.
Everything will seem more urgent and important when you get to that time in your week, but stay true to it because your peace and your productivity are really at stake. Okay, so I would love to hear how this goes for you. I'd love to hear questions, comments. If you want to connect with me, you can find me at jmjansen at archomaha.org, or you can give me a call here at the Chancery. Love to connect with you. Uh, love to hear how this is going for you. Good luck. Oh yeah, I'm totally an extrovert. I actually have to hide to make myself do the weekly review. I have to put a sign on my door and I have to sneak in to my office so nobody sees me and I use people as a reward. If I'm faithful to my weekly review, I can go out with a cup of coffee and distract other people from their work. It's funny because it's true. <laughs>